Well, I'd like to thank Pastor Gary for that wonderful introduction. And indeed, I've actually known him for 44 years. Just to give you perspective, at the conclusion of the message, uh, our daughter Bethany is going to be singing. And when I met Gary, Bethany was an infant. So that will give you perspective. Now, I'd like to say a word to all of you who are gathered together here with us, uh, expecting a Valentine's Day message. I'm actually going to be preaching on pain and suffering. So in one respect, I apologize to you. On the other hand, think about it for a moment. Every significant relationship you have will go through seasons of pain and suffering. And so maybe, just maybe, a message on pain and suffering this day will be a blessing in disguise. Let me pray for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone who was, who was uh, worshiping with us this day. Lord, I pray for every relationship that's out there, that, Father God, you will bless it in the midst of times of pain and suffering, and that you will disclose the blessing that they are experiencing in disguise. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your graces and your mercy. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Now, for those of you who know me, you know that if I weren't a pastor for all the years that I served in pastorship, that I would have been a coach. <clears throat> I love coaching, and, and God is so good, because for about a 25-year period in the middle of my ministry, the Lord allowed me to coach my daughters and now my grandchildren at the intermediate and senior high levels. I coach both volleyball and basketball. Now, one of the hardest things to accomplish in the field of sports, and any coach knows this, is having an undefeated season. Undefeated seasons are really hard, especially when you have 20-plus games or 20-plus matches. Even in the year that we won CIF in volleyball, we ended the season with a defeat in the uh, semifinals of the state playoffs, so we didn't have an undefeated season. Another season, uh, my JV squad, and Bethany was a part of that. She was the setter. We went 29-1. But you know what I remember the most about that season? The one defeat. I don't remember much about all the victories, but I remember a lot about that one defeat and the pain and suffering associated with that defeat. You know, that's the way we are as human beings. We tend to focus in on our defeats. We tend to focus in on the pain and suffering that result from the defeats, and we forget all of God's blessings, all of God's victories that he bestowed upon us in the course of our lifetime. During this pandemic, there has been plenty of apparent defeats. There have been plenty, plenty of pain and suffering in the lives of our church family and the people that we know and love. You know, we've been praying for healings. Sometimes people get healed. Other times, not so. So what about all the times that we prayed and nobody gets healed? How do we deal with the pain and suffering? How do we remain undefeated in the midst of severe pain and suffering? Now let me make a statement at the beginning of this message. Times of pain and suffering can be a blessing in disguise. Times of pain and suffering can be a blessing in disguise. Now, this may sound trite, but it's true. And I will share why during the course of this message. 
Now let me begin with four thoughts about pain and suffering. First thought, you are all here because some woman decided to endure pain and suffering in order to bring you into this world. Thanks, Mom. Second thought, if you are currently going through a painful experience, it may be difficult for you to receive this message. C.S. Lewis wrote, you can't see anything while your eyes are blurred with tears. And that's so true. We cry out to God, our tears are blurred with, with, with um, our eyes are blurred with tears, and uh, we just can't see or hear anything at that moment in time. From the cross, Jesus, God's son, cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that moment, he was taking on the pain and suffering and sin of the entire world. He wasn't even immune from it. Here's a third thought. It is important to seek and derive meaning in our suffering. It is important to seek and derive meaning in our suffering. Viktor Frankl uh, was a World War II concentration camp survivor. And this is what he wrote. When we suffer, the single most important ingredient is seeing purpose in it. Lack of purpose breeds hopelessness. Purpose imparts the strength to sustain. Suffering ceases to be suffering in some way at the moment it finds a meaning. Brother Lawrence, a 17th century monk, wrote this. To suffer is one thing. To suffer without meaning is another. But to suffer and choose not to press for any meaning is different again. See, in both cases, suffering and pain begin to take a whole different meaning when you seek the meaning in it. Here's a fourth thought about pain and suffering. This is from my seminary professor, one of my two favorite seminary professors, one, Mr. Lewis or Dr. Lewis Smeads. Healing from within suffering is as wonderful as healing from suffering. God gives inner strength that compensates for loss and gives the sufferer resourcefulness to live faithfully and effectively. I really love this particular quote by Lewis Smeads. That healing within suffering is just as wonderful as healing from suffering. See, we tend to seek healing from suffering when what God might be doing is offering a blessing in disguise by giving us healing within our pain and suffering. So regardless of the pain and suffering we're going through, whether it be good, whether it be bad, wherever we might be in our lives, there are good reasons why we experience pain and suffering. There are good reasons why we experience pain and suffering. Now, I'm going to give you six anecdotal good reasons for pain and suffering that are also biblical. And when I say anecdotal, it means this is really from a testimony of a person's life. Let me share it, and then I'll share with you from whom. Number one, first good reason why we experience pain and suffering. Pain and suffering fits into a pattern for our good and God's glory. Pain and suffering fits into a pattern for our good and God's glory. Reason number two, pain and suffering forces us to make decisions about God. Number three, pain and suffering does a job on our character. Reason number four, pain and suffering makes heaven 
come alive to us. Reason number five, pain and suffering jerks our thought life right side up. Reason number six, pain and suffering makes us a lot more sensitive to people who are hurting. Now, if these reasons came from me, you might say, well, you know, how much pain and suffering have you really experienced? And thanks be to God, my pain and suffering uh, is probably like most, relatively normal, existent, but God has allowed me to persevere through it. But these six reasons came from or come from Johnny Erickson Tata. Now, for those of you who don't know about her, let me share with you a few facts about Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny became a quadriplegic right after graduating from high school. She was bright. She was athletic. She was talented. She was beautiful. She dove into the shallow water headfirst, and her life has never been the same. She became a quadriplegic. Now, during her two years of rehabilitation, she experienced anger, depression, suicidal thoughts, and doubts about her faith. And then after that two-year period, this is what she wrote. There are good reasons why we suffer. I found reasons, and I discovered answers. I saw God's goodness at work. In fact, let me share with you what she actually wrote about those six things I just previously shared. She made a little checklist, and this is what the checklist said. I have learned that all things fit together into a pattern for my good and God's glory. That doesn't mean being famous. It doesn't mean being a best-selling author, people knowing me. It simply means being like Christ. Okay, check. I've got that. Number two, hardships have forced me to make decisions about God. Ah, this wheelchair has made muscular my faith. I can believe him more now than I did before the accident. Check. Number three. Suffering has done a job on my character. I'm not so sloppy about relationships. I stick to promises. I'm at least more patient. Well, kind of. Okay, check. I've got that one. Being paralyzed has made heaven come alive. This is number four. Not in a cop-out way but in a way that makes me want to live life better here on earth because I know full well more is coming in the next. Check. Number five. My thought life sure has been jerked right side up. Can't reach for the common temptations most people do. Check. And then number six. Suffering. Oh God, thank you. Suffering has made me a lot more sensitive to people who are hurting. I could have not cared less, or I could have cared less about quadriplegics like me before my accident, but I'm more sensitive now. Check. See, coming from Johnny Erickson Tata, these six reasons don't sound shallow or insensitive, but they sound real. Now let me share with you seven reasons that give meaning to pain and suffering out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Seven reasons that give meaning to pain and suffering. All right, reason number one, pain and suffering gets our attention. Pain and suffering gets our attention. Second Corinthians 1, 3-4 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, 
who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. See that little conjunction, so that? That tells us that God is seeking to get our attention. This happens so that this will happen, and that is God getting our attention. In our family, we owned a catering truck business when I was a preteen and teenager. Now, here's a picture of the truck. I think they're going to show it to you. So it's not the kind of food trucks you see today. Now, my father uh, woke us up at 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, and we worked. My brother and I, we would work uh, a 14-hour day, which means we worked till about 4 p.m. in the afternoon. For a teenager, that is pain and suffering. But my parents got our attention. They had us work those 14-hour days so that we would learn a work ethic. And believe me, it worked. And you know something? I wouldn't trade those, those days for anything in retrospect. C.S. Lewis wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Indeed, whenever we have pain and suffering in our lives, God gets our attention. And I had a severe back pain in my 30s. It was horrible. I couldn't sleep at night. And during that season of severe pain and suffering, God got my attention. That's when I began to study a sort of a theology of pain and suffering. So pain and suffering gets our attention. Secondly, pain and suffering allows us to be strengthened by God. Look at verse 4 again. Who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We ourselves are comforted by God. We ourselves are sustained and strengthened by God in the midst of pain and suffering. God strengthens us if we allow him to in the midst of pain and suffering. It makes us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James 1, 2-4 says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know, there's this legend of an old violin maker, and he was the envy of all the other violin makers in the community. His, uh, his violin was just superior. Finally, he disclosed the secret of why his violins were so superior. While others went into the protected valleys to cut the wood to, get, to make their violins, he climbed the rugged crags of a nearby mountain in order to secure trees which had been severely twisted and gnarled by the storms. These weather-beaten monarchs of the mountains he then fabricated into his incredible violins, famous for their tone and the beauty of their sound. He knew that the fierce trial of the mountain gales caused these trees to strengthen and toughen their fibers. It was their storm-tortured heart and grain that produced the deep, colorful tones when the instruments were played. They were fashioned in the hands of the master, and then they became masterpieces. During times of, of pain and suffering, we are being fashioned by the master. 
so that someday we will become his masterpieces. Amen. So pain and suffering gets our attention. Pain and suffering allows us to be strengthened by God. And thirdly, pain and suffering allows us to comfort others. Look at verse 4 once again. Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So it says right there in verse 4. We are able to comfort others who are suffering from the same affliction. You know, um, Johnny Erickson Tata established a ministry called Johnny and Friends, which ministers to the special needs community. It's a tremendous ministry. And if you're ever looking for some ministries to support, Johnny and Friends would be a good one to turn to. So from her quadriplegic bed and and wheelchair, she reached out and comforted those who have disabilities. Then in 2010, Johnny Erickson Tata was diagnosed with breast cancer. This is what she wrote. Breast cancer always happens to other women, not me. 45 years of living in a wheelchair provided enough challenges without thinking of cancer. I don't know, if it were me, I think I would have been so, so discouraged. But you know what Johnny Erickson Tata did? She created a DVD to be shared with other cancer victims. And she, that DVD ministers to them in their pain and in their suffering. Just recently, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata contracted COVID-19. So here she is, a quadriplegic, who has, who has very, a difficult time breathing. And then she suffers from breast cancer. And then she contracts COVID-19. Was she bitter with God? You know what she did? She created a video and put it on YouTube to encourage people who contract, contracted COVID-19. Johnny Erickson Tata is on my Mount Rushmore of faith. You know, in my lifetime, I created this Mount Rushmore of, of faith. People in my lifetime. And she's one of them. Johnny Erickson Tata. So pain and suffering gets our attention. It allows us to be strengthened by God. It helps us to comfort others. Fourthly, pain and suffering allows us to build community. Pain and suffering allows us to build community. Verse 8 says this. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. See, the Apostle Paul suffered incredibly during his missionary journeys. And he wanted to make sure that the church at Corinth knew of what was going on in his life. Why? As a means of support, to receive prayer from them. I mean, it was his way of building community with the people of faith. Now, my wife and I, we participate in uh, Tuesday nights desperate, desperately seeking God. Uh, it's a prayer meeting time. You can go to it off the website. It's a wonderful time. And this is our time to build community. We just started coming in January of last year, just before COVID-19 hit. But we've been able to build community to pray for one another on Tuesday nights. So let me encourage you to join us on Tuesday nights. 
uh, from 7 p.m. on. It's a wonderful time of getting together, of sharing our, our trials, sharing our burdens. I know there are people praying for me right now as I deliver the message. People from the Tuesday night group, praise the Lord. Jean Vanier, a uh, Catholic philosopher, theologian, and humanitarian, wrote this. There are times when together we discovered we make up a single body, that we belong to each other, and that God has called us to be together as a source of life for each other. When we go through pain and suffering, we should not be alone. I don't think we want to be alone. When I was in high school, I was playing baseball, and I got spiked in the ankle. Man, it hurt. And then my father, who was one of the assistant coaches, came, and he poured iodine directly into the wound. Look up what iodine is. Man, that hurt. So then they had to stitch me up. They, my mom and dad took me home. And then they had to go to the pharmacy to get a powerful analgesic. And so my brother, my sister, my mom and dad, they left to go to the pharmacy. So I was laying there in bed in, in enormous pain for a teenager. And um, they decided to go out to dinner after picking up my medication. So it was like an hour to two hours before they came back. And I was absolutely miserable. I could not wait for them to come home. So when they finally got home, it was just so much better. Not because of the analgesic, but because I wasn't alone. You know, when we undergo pain and suffering, beloved, we shouldn't have to do it alone. And that's why God gives, me, gives us a community of faith like South Bay Community Church. Reach out. Tell somebody what's going on in your life. Be a part of the community so that the church can be the church. So pain and suffering gets our attention. It allows us to be strengthened by God. It allows us to comfort others. It allows us to build community. Fifthly, pain and suffering allows us to trust and depend on God. Look at verse 9. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves in order that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. See, we can trust in a God who raises the dead. Yeah, he's so trustworthy. Hebrews 5.8 says this about Jesus. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Even Jesus, God's only begotten son, learned obedience through his pain and his suffering. Anne Ortland, a Christian author and speaker, wrote this of a young pastor. A young pastor been through a lot of trial in his life. When I saw him recently, he asked me, what do you do when God doesn't say yes, doesn't give it, doesn't make it happen? Then he answered his own question. Through agony, I've gotten to know God better. I love him more. He showed me a piece of paper he keeps in his wallet. It says, look at his face, not to his hand. He learned a tremendous secret. He didn't look to what God was going to do for him or could do for him. He just looked at God. He looked at Jesus square in the face and saw a loving, merciful, caring God. And that got him through everything. You know, I have known many believers who have suffered from cancer. And in every instance, without exception, as their pain and suffering increased, so did their trust 
and dependence on God. In fact, their love of God grew enormously. Sixthly, pain and suffering allow us to experience God's deliverance. Pain and suffering allows us to experience God's deliverance. Verse 10 says this, Who deliver us from great peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. During the course of our pain and suffering, at some point, at some juncture, God will deliver us in one way or another. I have a pastor friend whom we trained in ministry. He and his wife were expecting their fourth child. The, uh, during a checkup, the doctors came to them and said that the child was going to be born abnormal due to an underdeveloped brain. And so they recommended an abortion. Now, there was no way they were going to abort their baby, but it was an intense time of pain and suffering for them. But alas, the baby was born, and he was perfectly normal. That was God's deliverance for them. But remember, if their child was born with special needs, God's provision and deliverance would still prevail, just in a different manner. So pain and suffering gets our attention. Pain and suffering allows us to be strengthened by God, allows us to comfort others, allows us to build community, allows us to trust and depend on God, allows us to experience deliverance. And finally, number seven, pain and suffering allows us to build a prayer life. Build a prayer life. Verse 11 says this, you also joining in helping us through your prayers, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed upon us through the prayers of many. You know, the first thing people do when they encounter trauma is pray. May not be the last thing they do, may not be the continuous thing they do, but it is the first thing they normally do. And then the passage adds something. Make sure you include others in that journey of prayer. Again, Tuesday night, or even after this service, praying with a community of faith. You know, God sees things differently than we do. Isaiah 56, 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We see trials. God sees opportunities for growth. We see suffering. God sees steadfastness. We see shattered dreams. God sees pieces for a brand new beginning. But oftentimes, we fail to see the blessings in disguise when experiencing pain and suffering. We tend to feel defeated rather than living a life that is undefeated as God desires. One song that has ministered to me and others in times of pain and suffering was written by Laura's story, entitled Blessings. Laura wrote this song after her husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor from which she became permanently disabled. Her dreams were dashed and she became a long-term caregiver. And she wrote this song which beautifully expresses what many people feel or should feel. 
Let's take a moment and pray before we hear the song. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your blessings are oftentimes in disguise, but they are there. And Father, we thank you that through pain and suffering, through moments of feeling defeated, Lord, you deliver us. You bring it meaning. And we can live a life being undefeated. We thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
Father's favor, the Lord's loving kindness in our lives. Blessings, a bright hope for an imminent future, an optimistic expectation of an impending time to come, an eager anticipation of an important life to live. Blessings, potential untapped, possibilities unfulfilled, prospects untouched. The Bible is filled with moments of blessings. God blessed Adam and Eve. God blessed Abraham. God blessed Isaac. God blessed Joseph. God blessed his only begotten son, Jesus. They were all blessed by God. Prosperous, adequately. Prominent, definitely. Powerful, undeniably. Yet, Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden. Abraham went childless for most of his life. Isaac lost a son. Jacob was hated by his brother. Joseph was sold into slavery. Jesus was mocked, beaten, hung on a cross, and felt forsaken by his father. Blessings are so much more than just prosperity, prominence, and power. The one who created us wants so much more for us than possessions, prestige, and persuasion. Blessings come when we are more like the one who made us. Our view of blessings is so restrained, so restricted, so reduced and regulated. We desire earthly happiness instead of everlasting joy. We yearn for creature comfort instead of godly growth. We long to be loved unreservedly instead of loving others unconditionally. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. All the while, you hear each spoken need, yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. A loved one succumbs to the pandemic. A wife discovers a lump. A child develops an illness. A friend has an accident. A career comes to a halting end. A retirement fund suddenly evaporates. Heartaches abound. Nights are sleepless. Days are endless. Tears are shed. Hearts are broken. Minds are overwhelmed. Love grows cold. Where's the blessing? Where is our God? We pray for wisdom your voice to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love. As if every promise from your word is not enough. All the while, you hear each desperate plea and long that we'd have faith to believe. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? 
What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We look for the sun to shine. We hope for cloudless skies. We seek shelter in the rain. We climb for mountaintops. We live for triumph. We desire comfort. We struggle for peace. We expect good health. We long for friendships. We anticipate good times. We yearn for love. But what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? What if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise? Yes, God loves us far too much to leave us as we are. He uses whatever is necessary to repair and to refine, to replenish and to restore us to a place deserving a child of a king. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, for your sovereign will being done. May we always trust in the fact that however your blessings come, you love us no matter what. If you are experiencing pain and suffering, you can remain undefeated because ultimately it will become a blessing in disguise. Trust that you will bear through it. God loves you. We love you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you never leave us desolate or alone. That whenever we experience pain and suffering, Father, you are there right there with us. Father, we know how much you love us. We know because you sent your only begotten son to this earth to live in a, a human life and then to die in agony and pain so that we can be set free of our sin and we can live a life eternal with you. But in the meantime, Father, there are those moments of pain and suffering. And we ask in the precious name of Jesus that, Lord, you will provide meaning for it. Father, you will eventually deliver us, we know, one way or another. But Lord, in the meantime, help us to understand that in the midst of apparent defeat, there is a blessing in disguise, and we will indeed remain 
undefeated, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen. God bless you.